Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Ty Kersley. This week's show, Gun Safety Laws. Fellow producer Sarah Jermaine Lilly interviews Shannon Flores from Gifford's Gun Owners for Gun Safety about their work for safe gun storage. Then I'll speak with Kristen Song, president at the Ethan Miller Song Foundation, about the progress of Ethan's Law, which requires all firearms, loaded and unloaded, to be safely stored in homes occupied by minors under 18. But first, the In Memoriam. The following memorial is taken from the obituary for Christina Taylor Green at Legacy.com. Thank you to Zaria Whitehurst, a student at my New York City High School, for remembering her today. In memoriam, Christina Taylor Green was born on September 11, 2001, and died on January 8, 2011. Christina was shot and killed along with five other people killed outside a supermarket where a neighbor had taken her to meet Arizona Representative Gabrielle Giffords. She was all about helping people and being involved. It's so tragic. Roxanne Green told the Arizona Daily Star, she went to learn and then someone with so much hatred in their heart took the lives of innocent people. The brown-eyed athletic nine-year-old girl was an aspiring politician and had just been elected to the student council Tucson's Mesa Verde Elementary School. She left to swim with her 11-year-old brother, Dallas, her only sibling. Her mother, Roxana Green, told the newspaper that Christina loved animals, singing, dancing, and gymnastics. She also had hopes of being the first woman to play Major League Baseball. She was featured in a book called Faces of Hope that chronicled one baby from each day born on the day terrorists killed nearly 3,000 people. The author, Christy Naman of Monroeville, Pennsylvania, said Sunday that Christina playing a role in both events was somehow particularly tragic. I can't believe how a beautiful young life was taken in such an awful, awful way, Naman said. The girl already had told her parents she wanted to attend Penn State and have a career that involved helping those less fortunate than her. She was the only girl on her Canyon Del Oro Little League baseball team and played second base. John Green said his daughter wanted to be the first woman to play Major League Baseball. The game was in her blood. Her dad is a scout for the Los Angeles Dodgers and her grandfather, former big league pitcher Dallas Green, managed the 1980 world champion Philadelphia Phillies. She was a strong girl, a very good athlete, Roxana Green told the newspaper. She was interested in everything. She got a guitar for Christmas, so her next thing was learning to play guitar. John Green remembers making his daughter an omelet with bacon and cheese for breakfast Saturday morning and kissing her goodbye as the neighbor took her to the event to meet Giffords. Hours later, John Green was at University Medical Center with his wife and son, with the doctor telling them the girl he called Princess was dead from a gunshot wound to the chest. Christina Taylor Green, we remember you. This programming is being brought to you by BAI listeners in support of the Tower Fund Drive. The Tower Fund will ensure that WBAI can broadcast into the future by helping to raise the $200,000 annual rent for the transmitter at Four Times Square.
To make a donation in any amount you can, go online to towerfund.wbai.org or call 212-209-2950. We at Radio Gag thank you for your help in keeping WBAI commercial-free, listener-sponsored radio. Good afternoon, listeners. I'm so excited to be here with Shannon Flores, lead gun owner organizer for Gifford's Gun Owners for Safety. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I've been um, calling on Gifford's Gun Owners for Safety from time to time because I personally think that your group is so important and has such a big impact on the whole big national picture with where we're going in the future to make guns safer, to reduce deaths and injuries from firearms. I love the work that you're doing. We wanted you to start off with your thoughts on the new rule on the federal firearms licensees. Now I looked at this and it looks like it's a requirement for gun sellers to have gun storage equipment on sale for the same types of guns that they sell. Is that right? Yes, Uh that's correct, Sarah. So there are laws requiring safe storage of firearms, and we feel that they promote responsible gun owning practices. So research and surveys have shown that roughly 4.6 million children across America live in homes with loaded and unlocked firearms. And so we are very um, excited about the new rule that was issued by the Justice Department. We respectfully and energetically engage with FFLs or federally licensed gun dealers and gun owners and also prospective gun owners to talk about ways to prevent unauthorized access to minors. We can protect children and we can reduce tragedies. And I'm in Texas and just this week, a toddler shot their mother, an infant sibling near Dallas with an unsecured gun in a car. So the the new rule is meant to educate um, both FFLs and gun owners about safe storage practices and Gifford's Gun Owners for Safety members applaud the recent ruling, and we were specifically excited to see the best practices guide, which includes brochures and uh, digital tools for both gun dealers and gun owners in order to practice safe gun storage. We would love for gun owners across the country to share these resources with their networks to continue the safe gun storage conversation. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I'm a teacher, so I'm very concerned about um, gun safety with children. But then the other thing that I've learned recently is how often guns are stolen from cars and then used in other crimes, making the gun owner themselves unsafe. Yes, it's my understanding that guns are one of the most often um, item targeted by thieves. And so there are, luckily, there are safe storage devices that have been developed specifically for cars so that gun owners who carry in their vehicle can keep them secured so the incident in Dallas with Hope wouldn't happen, in addition to making sure they're easily accessible. So the idea is that you can easily access them. They've got biometric locks or quick keypad um, storage devices so that they can access them in seconds. Great. Okay. 
Because I know I've talked to gun owners who say, you know, I want to have my gun loaded and ready. You know, I wouldn't keep my car uh, without gas. You know, overwhelmingly safety, preventing accidents is really what we want to do. According to research, the majority of gun owners surveyed say that they carry guns for protection. So it's not like my family, which historically we had guns for hunting and for um, leisure activities because we live in the country. But with many gun owners who now carry uh, for protection, we'd like to counter the point that you can still safely store and access it quickly. Technology has evolved and you've got biometric locks. I myself have a biometric trigger lock on my handgun and it allows access within seconds. So you can secure your weapon um, and still have it for protection using the technology available. And that's what was so wonderful about this educational component and best practices, it talks about the variety of safe storage devices out there that they can be used um, to secure their weapon, to prevent kiddos from tragic accidents, in addition to making sure you can access it if necessary. Now, gun owners are 20 times more likely to die from gun violence than non-gun owners. How do we get gun owners to accept that safety laws are to save their own lives and to protect their children and to vote that way? So we have gun owner members across the country and they come from all political parties and across the political spectrum. But the key point to highlight in this work that we've done organizing gun owners is that these individuals enjoy being a gun owner. So I myself grew up around guns. My family has land in central Texas and I grew up hunting with my family. And now my young kids, our twins are nine, do the same every deer season. We believe that we can enjoy both as gun owners and as members of the community and we value safety. But a lot of the time it can feel ostracizing to be a gun owner who supports gun safety. So a key piece of research supporting this comes from Dr. Michael Siegel, who's a medical doctor and a health policy researcher, and he surveyed gun owners. And res respondents reported that 60% of them feel, quote, alienated by gun control advocates. And I'd like to highlight that I personally hate this term, gun control, because I would like to focus on public safety, right, including gun guns in that discussion of public safety. So in this sample of gun owners, owning their guns helps them feel secure. 86.5% of these gun owners support background checks, right? Both Democrats and Republicans in the sample. 81.4% support extreme risk protection orders, and those are sometimes called red flag laws right? Safety courses before purchases. 67% of this sample said that they would support a policy like this, right? In our work with Giffords Gun Owners for Safety, we believe that ending gun violence requires multiple solutions. Community leaders have to have a seat at the table and the courage for lawmakers to act on that. And we would like to focus on including gun owners in that discussion, right, which is what our group is meant to do. And the research from Dr. Siegel supports this. I think the idea is that there are gun owners like myself and others who are our members that do want to be part of the solution. Great, great, great. What can you tell us about what Giffords Gun Owners for Safety is doing now that we can support? And how would you like our listeners to support your initiatives? Our founder, Gabby Giffords, herself is a gun owner. And so we 
started to organize gun owner chapters across the country in 2019. And we launched our first three chapters in Colorado, Minnesota, and then my home state of Texas. And we've since expanded to more chapters. We have a Michigan chapter. And just last fall, we launched three more chapters in Pennsylvania, um, Florida, and Virginia. So we're very excited to continue the work. The idea is, is that we'd like gun owners to be able to raise their voice in support. Too many times when we've listened to bills being heard in at the committee level, there are gun owners who don't speak for the majority of gun owners. Gun owners who are opposed to any and all reasonable regulation is what we like to say. And so we would love for gun owners to, to check out our work. They can go to giffords.org forward slash gun owners. That's plural, gun owners. They can take a look. They can um, sign up to join us. And the idea is we want to elevate those voices. There are gun owners who want to join the GVP movement and add their voice to the majority of Americans. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really powerful work. Thank you so much for being with us today. And we hope to have a lot more interactions with Giffords Gun Owner for, for Safety, with Giffords. And thank you for being part of the gun violence prevention movement. Thank you so much, Sarah. We appreciate the opportunity. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram or gag no guns on Twitter. Come to a meeting. Here in New York, we meet one Thursday a month at 7 p.m. virtually and in person in the Manhattan LGBT Center on 13th Street. Our next meeting is January 27th, where we'll be planning all kinds of great actions and protests. So please join us. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And another great way to get involved is becoming a WBAI buddy. A WBAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio show going by giving a small donation every month. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Also, donate to our Tower Fund today and help WBAI take charge of our rent to four times square. Visit towerfund.wbai.org or call 212-209-2950. Thank you. We are talking about gun safety laws, and with us is Kristen Song, uh, president of the Ethan Miller Song Foundation. Kristen, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Uh, yes. Thank you so much for joining us. I um, I wanted to let you know we we've talked about gun and safety, gun safety and storage, and a few weeks ago we've been uh, had a special on kids and guns. So we have brought up Ethan's law, but I would love uh, for our listeners to, to get an update um, from you on uh, the progress of Ethan's law. Sure. Um, we are actually having great progress right now, um, getting co-sponsors uh, for the House of Representatives. Our goal is to get 218 by the anniversary of uh, the death of my son, Ethan, which is January 31st. And if we can get 218 co-sponsors, then we can force a vote in the House. And we are uh, almost 100% confident that that will pass. And then we will bring the fight onto uh, the Senate, which, you know, um, is going to be obviously much more difficult. Um, but I will say that I testified in front of Congress, and the co-chair for the committee was Senator Ted Cruz. 
and my husband and I had a very productive and very um, real conversation with him about um, safe storage. Uh, one of the things that he was very um, happy to tell me about was how um, he stored his guns and, and how particular and how vigilant he was about that. And I had to remind Senator Cruz that, you know, my child was safe in my home, too. You know, Ethan walked out of our home and walked into our neighbor's home. And so that really becomes the question, too, is um, you may be storing your guns very safely, but is your neighbor, you know, is your daughter's boyfriend's family, um, you know, your kids walk out of your home once they're teenagers and they walk into so many different areas of life. And you just hope and pray that the parents are as uh, vigilant as you are in your home. And unfortunately, in our case, um, Dan Markle, the gun owner, uh, you know, stored three handguns and bullets in a shoebox. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I want to bring in just a little of my experience. I am not a gun owner, but I was uh, in the Air Force and deployed and was trained. And the gun safety uh, is taught to you before you touch a gun, uh, clearing a weapon, uh, storing the ammo, counting your ammo when you return it to an armory, all of these things. How do we get gun owners behind safety storage laws? Uh, because there's certainly practices when they go to the range or if they're, you know, and unfortunately your your neighbor was also probably under the same, um, had same similar rules at work. Yeah, you would think. Um, you know, I think um, I think the majority of gun owners are very, very vigilant and very responsible. And, you know, I always try to compare it to, you know, the drunk driving. You know, the majority of drivers on the road are very responsible and they don't drive drunk. Um, but unfortunately, we did have that minority who did. And they were killing our children and killing our loved ones. And so this country finally started making movement. And one of the ways they had to do that um, was by, you know, passing laws that had a little teeth in it so that it woke people up. And so they realized, oh, boy, you know, I could lose my doctor's license. I could lose, you know, my law license. You know, I could lose my children. You know, I could lose my freedom. And it wasn't until that point where we started seeing the cultural shift that people started really pausing before they got into a car and and you know, taking off and driving. Um, and, you know, now my kids' generation, you know, thankfully Uber and Lyft have come into play. But, you know, when we talk about them about, you know, drinking and driving, they look at us like we're insane because that's really just not part of their generation as it was so part of our generation. And so that's really, you know, Ethan's Law, elevating the conversation, that is my ultimate goal. I don't want to put anyone in jail. What I want is for there to be a cultural shift so that gun owners, when they walk in their home, think, pause, okay, I'm going to put my gun down. You know, I have children in the house. You know what? Let me throw it in the biometric or pin code safe. And it just becomes like second nature, just like when you walk to your car with your infant. It's second nature to plop your little baby in that car seat and, and strap them in. And that's really, you know, what we're looking for. That's what everyone wants. You know, no one wants to. I was listening to your segment before. You know, I hear that from gun owners like, you know, we feel like we're being vilified. We feel like we're evil because we own a gun. That's not what we're here to say. We're not here to say, you know, have your guns. You just need to lock them up. You just need to be responsible um, gun owners. And and held accountable for. Exactly. You know, in, in my case. Um, negligence. 
yeah, in my case, um, not only did um, did the father store three handguns with bullets in a um, shoebox, but he also taught my son how to shoot a gun um, days before without our permission. Um, and yet he had zero consequences. And uh, instead, the state chose to charge his 14-year-old son with manslaughter. And that just, that was really um, what povolted my husband and I to start um, fighting for Ethan's Law, because we thought that was absolutely ridiculous that a gun owner walks away without even, uh, you know, a fine or a slap on the wrist. And we're putting the onus on teenage boys whose brains haven't even fully developed yet. You know, this father encouraged his son to be around guns. He brought him to the range. Um, you know, this was not a family who was like hiding the guns from their kids. This is a family that was encouraging their children to touch guns and to, and to be around them. Um, you know, and yet, you know, the minute uh, something bad goes wrong, you know, the father is throwing his son under the bus. And I just did not, that, that was not okay with me. Of course. No, I, I, I'm so glad to finally speak with you. I, I speak to other GBP activists who mention Ethan's Law and you and your husband's work. Um, and so I, I'm glad to finally to see that it has been um, been so successful and not just in Connecticut, but now possibly in Congress. How how could we get listeners to help? Um, don't you have a lunch and lobby um, we we do. We have a so, lunch and lobby every Monday, and it's with um, it's. So if you go to Newtown Action Alliance, um, they coordinate it. And um, right now we have 177 co-sponsors, so we are really coming down to you know the last 40, 43 you know co-sponsors that we need uh, in order to um, really tell Congress you know we're going to take a vote on it because. We are here because we care about children and we want to drive down the deaths in children. Eight to nine children a day are dying because they gain access to a gun. It takes seconds. You know, sometimes, you know, when, when it's quiet and I'm thinking, you know, about Ethan and I think, you know, if, if Dan Markle had taken literally 30 seconds to throw his guns in a safe and close the door, you know, my child would be home right now on break from college. Um, you know, you, it, in the amount of time it takes for me to take one breath, you know, Dan Markle could have locked up his gun. And the amount of time it takes me to take one breath, Ethan was killed. And so that's how quickly, you know, it, you know, it really is on, you know, the edge. Like you can either step up and it takes you seconds to save children or, you know, be negligent and it takes seconds to kill children. Exactly. And, and there's so many other people going through what you're doing, which is reflecting and going back, if only this, if only this. So, so yeah. hopefully we can live in a country where, um, people do take this, this tragedy and, and push the rest of the country into a direction where, um, we can save lives, uh, simply. Uh, so I, I, pre I thank you so much for talking to us. I have, um, so much respect for, for you and your family and what you've done. And, and I, I also think I'm going to sign up for a uh, lunch and lobby. I've heard about it a lot, but I, I've just haven't, uh, with everything else that I do with, uh, with gag, I, I think I want to uh, go ahead and, and assist this too. This would be great. This would be a great accomplishment, um, for us okay. to, to push this forward into Congress. So thank you so much for joining us. You are so welcome. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening, and we are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. Special thanks to Shannon Flores and Kristen Song. I want to leave you with some information about an upcoming action. On Sunday, January 16th at 2 p.m. in Times Square, Gays Against Guns will be joined by U.S. Representative Carolyn Maloney, Manuel and Patricia Oliver, and others to demand that the United States Supreme Court let our state's strict gun laws stand. The court will rule this year on New York State Rifle Association versus Bruin. The case speaks to overturn 108 years of New York State law. New York's gun laws are likely the reason our city has not had a public mass shooting, like the Pulse nightclub mass murder in Orlando, which inspired Gag's formation, the October 1st, 2017 mass murder in Las Vegas, or February 14th, 2018 mass murder at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. All of those shooters were licensed and obtained their guns legally, despite numerous indicators that those mass murderers should not have been allowed to own guns. None of them would have been allowed to acquire those guns in New York. So change the ref founder, Manuel Oliver, whose son was among the 14 students murdered along with three staff members in Parkland, will deliver a statement at the press conference. So to find out more about the event, check out our Gaze Against Guns Facebook page, uh, where we are demanding the Supreme Court does not massacre New York gun laws. Thank you for listening, and have a great and safe day.